Welcome to this virtual service at Westchester Chapel. Thanks for listening to this message that comes directly from God's Word. To hear more, visit westchesterchapel.org and click on Media. Now grab your Bible as we dig into it together. Last week, we paused from our regular praise, praying, and proclaim to observe Ash Wednesday, the start of the Lent and Easter season. Together, we repented with the Psalms and celebrated communion and remembered our Lord's passion. Christ's passion to suffer and die on a cross for the forgiveness of our sins. As we study Paul's letters, we see in him the life of Christ, this same passion in the face of suffering. And so this week we go back to our study of 2 Timothy. Let's review what we have studied so far in chapter 1. This will help to set us up for the rest of the letter. We know Paul wrote this second letter to Timothy, his spiritual son, while suffering and alone as he awaited execution in a Roman prison. So this letter is very personal as Paul expresses his love for Timothy and his desire to see him before his death. Paul also encourages Timothy to hold on to his faith. We know that Timothy is in Ephesus sent there by Paul to pastor the church there. We also know that it has not been easy for Timothy there. He is a young pastor, as Melanie taught, perhaps not with the same boldness and commanding character we see in Paul. Yet Timothy is called to serve in this church, to stand against the false teachers and also the outside forces coming against Christians and the truth of the gospel. And so Paul exhorts Timothy to persevere in the midst of suffering and even in the face of death. We saw that in order to persevere, we must be single-minded, have one aim, one purpose in life, like Jesus, who had one aim, one purpose on earth, to do the will of his Father. And so in obedience, Jesus fulfilled the purposes for which his father had sent him to earth. The father sent Jesus to live, suffer, and die on a cross so that we could be saved. In Paul, we also see the same example. After encountering Jesus on the road to Damascus, Paul received the very life of Jesus. And from then on, Paul's one purpose, aim, was to follow Jesus to do the will of his heavenly father and fulfill the purposes for which he was called by God to to speak and teach the gospel. No earthly suffering could keep Jesus and now Paul from fulfilling their purposes. Melanie also taught us from 2 Timothy 1, 3-7, where Paul exhorts Timothy to fan the flame a picture of kindling the fire of God's gift in us. And so Paul encourages Timothy not to let this fire given by the Holy Spirit wane or burn out. Even as Timothy is seeing and experiencing his spiritual father's imprisonment and death coming, and even as he is called to stand against the false teachers, to boldly speak the truth of the gospel at a time when there is extreme persecution of Christians. 
even as Timothy sees all this evil around him that is influenced by the enemy, these things that are trying to intimidate, humiliate, and instill fear in him in order to get him to sin and not fulfill the purposes for which he was called. And so we, like Timothy, are to fan the flame by staying close to God and using the gifts God has given us to serve, to fulfill our purposes in Christ. Paul understands that fear comes when we face the battles of life, especially here under Nero's rule, where Christians are facing severe persecution. So Paul reminds Timothy to use the gifts God has given him to teach, study, pray, hear from the Lord, and to also disciple others in the truth of the word. And how do, we, how do we continue to do this? Because we have the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, as Melanie said with a capital S, that gives every believer power. In verse 7, 2 Timothy 1, verse 7, it says, God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And so keep this in mind as we continue to today's verse. So I've asked him, um, Kim to read 2 Timothy, and she's going to start in chapter 1, verse 8. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. So here we see that it starts with the word so, or if you have the ESV with the word therefore. So and therefore mean that what is in this verse is based on or as a result of what comes before it in verse 7. So so or therefore, we don't have to be ashamed because we have this spirit of power, love, and self-control. As Melanie taught us in the Greek, it is the duminous power or like dynamite. This is the power of the Holy Spirit we can rely on, especially when we are called to suffer for the gospel. So here we see Paul tells Timothy not to be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. That is the gospel. The world will try to intimidate you, shame you, to keep you from standing up for the truth of the gospel try to strip you of your identity and the very life of Christ in you. But Paul says, don't be ashamed. This reminds me of Paul's famous statement where he declares, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. That means everyone else. And that's found in Romans 1.16. This gospel is powerful to save, to keep us. It is our very life when we give our lives to Christ. Paul also adds here, not to be ashamed of me, his prisoner. We understand how some believers might want to distance themselves from a Christian leader in jail. And in that climate, some might just want to distance themselves to avoid falling into the same situation. But I love that Paul says here in verse 8, I am his prisoner, not a prisoner of Nero or any man, but Paul knows he is a prisoner of Christ. 
And so Paul exhorts Timothy not to fall into his, this temptation by being ashamed, but to welcome this as an opportunity to stand with him as a prisoner of Christ for the sake of Christ and his gospel. Paul tells Timothy here in verse 8 that instead of being ashamed, rather join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Paul is actually inviting Timothy to join him in the suffering. This verse is a clear example of how God specifically calls believers at times to suffer for the cause of Christ. Join me in the suffering. Is that an invitation you want to receive? Let's continue in 2 Timothy verse 9 through 11. Uh, at chapter 1, 9 through 11, and, Tim, and uh, Kim will read for us. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us, given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And the gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. So Paul goes on to argue here why we would accept such an invitation. Because this is such a glorious gospel that saves and calls us to a holy life. And so Jesus and his gospel is worthy of suffering and even dying for. And even as that feels extremely hard, it is God who gives his Holy Spirit of power, love, and self-control, this mighty power to endure the suffering and to also continue to spread his powerful gospel message that others can be saved. In verse 9, Paul reminds us again about grace, as he always does in all his letters. And that this is not anything we can do on our own. No work we can do will save us. But it is only by God's grace which brings us life. It is the power of Christ that already destroyed death and brought us life. This power that gives us victory over sin and death. This power that allows us to live forever and allows us to endure in the face of hardships. It says in verse 9, this grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. That means that we were given this grace before the beginning of time, before the world existed, before God placed the sun in the sky, the moon or the stars in the sky. Way, 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 way before we were ever born. Can you imagine? Doesn't that just boggle your mind? That before all those things, before the beginning of time, this grace was already given to us in Christ, a gift to us by a good and gracious God. Yes, this grace is for you and for me to live holy lives. This grace that helps us endure anything the enemy or the world sends our way. This gift of grace is the very life of Christ, the living word that has always existed. His grace that has already been provided for us 
is now revealed through Christ. So when we hear his gospel message, the Holy Spirit reveals to us the truth about who Christ is so we can receive his gift of grace, his covering for our sins, and his gift of life. That allows us to fulfill the purposes for which he brought us into this world. Like God told the prophet Jeremiah, Before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Before we were even born, God gave us his gift of grace to fulfill his purposes. Think about this. This is the language of calling. Paul was called, Timothy was called, and you and I are called even before we are born. But we must receive this call to follow Jesus. How do we do this? We see in Paul, he reminds Timothy of the genuine faith of those who served before his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice, and that now has passed on to him also, that Timothy too can have genuine faith. So it is because of someone before that was not ashamed, but allowed the power of the Holy Spirit to work through them to bring the good news of the gospel, that we are brought to faith in God, the Father, and in his Son, Jesus Christ, who saves us. And so now Timothy and we can be unashamed of this testimony in Christ Jesus and share this gospel truth that has power to save. Each of us in the unique way God has created us and gifted us to serve, to fulfill the purposes for which he has called us since the beginning of time. Let us pray. So Lord, we, we come before you, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for your goodness, Lord, and your grace. And just the thought that you, that grace was given to us even before we were born, Lord. Your goodness and grace to us, Lord. Your very life to us, given for us, for our salvation, Lord. And we thank you for your forgiveness of sin and your life in the Spirit that helps us to live holy lives, lives that are pleasing to you. And we, we ask that we would be obedient, Lord, to your word, to your will, to your purposes for our lives, Lord, that we can um, live in a way that shows other people who you are, Lord, and that draws other people to you. And so we just thank you, Lord, for this word. We thank you for Paul, Lord, and his testimony, Lord, and his example to us and to Timothy and to us, Lord. And, and we, we, we thank you for all we are learning through your word, Lord. Help us to continue, Lord, to, to hold on to that word, Lord, that grace you have given us through your gospel message, Lord. And so we thank you for that. And we bless your name. And we pray these things in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. After hearing the message today, if you'd like to start a relationship with Jesus or rededicate your life to him, why not do it now? Pray with me right where you are. Lord Jesus, I turn from going my own way and I choose to follow you. Forgive me for my sins. I thank you for dying on the cross to cover them and rising again from the dead. 
I choose now to live for you, and I receive your life into mine. Amen. If you prayed with us, get in touch through our contact page at westchesterchapel.org. There you can find more information on how to grow in your faith and where we meet. We'd love to have you join us.